0: DM me on Facebook or Instagram, or send an email to allison at allisonscammell.com and say, tell me more about Full Immersion Coaching. I look forward to hearing from you. Hello, my dear ones. We are to part two of my three-part series of telling the story of my near-death experience. If you haven't had a chance to listen to part one, I invite you to pause here. Head over to the show notes and you will find a link to part one. This story isn't so linear and there's a lot of time jumping that goes on, but for the purposes of your listening and following along with the story, it is important that you get the context and get the first part of the story that I've already shared. And I'm going to be just diving into part two Of the story today. And I'll mention here, it has been a journey mustering up the courage to share this story in a recorded format like this that goes out to anyone who wants to listen to it. And it's part of my human design type as a projector that it's difficult for me to create when it feels hard, more so than other types. It's almost like I can't. Like the creative process has to have an ease to it. It's not necessarily easy. I can't say that sitting here and telling the story to you today is easy, but there's an ease to it that is here with me today that has never been present before, which I think is why I haven't been able to share the story in this way before. So if there's something you're feeling stuck on, In your creative process, there's likely a very good reason and maybe me telling this story and unsticking myself from the stuckness I was in for 13 years, feeling just unable to tell the story the way I am right now, will serve as an inspiration for you as well. Because I promise you, there is a way to get unstuck and create what your higher self and your heart is calling you to create so you can share it with the people you feel born to serve. And I feel like if you're listening to this today and connecting to it and connecting to me, I was born to serve you. And speaking of time jumping, I do feel in telling this story that there is time jumping and that you are with me in this moment, you're present with me, you're holding the space for me in this very moment. And you've time jumped to my present moment. So I want to thank you for doing that. And thank you for being present with me as I share this story. So in today's episode, I share part two of my near-death experience. (music) Hey there, Soul Guide Circle. We're going straight in to part two of my near-death experience. We left off in part one with me on an overnight train from Madrid to Paris without a passport or any form of identification except for a crinkled photocopy of my passport. And I had fallen asleep in my sleeper car on the train praying that when the train stopped on the border, whoever the border guards were that night, the whatever French authorities were on duty, were going to accept my crinkled piece of paper. So the next thing I remember about that train ride is waking up in the morning, and there was sunlight through the window. And I immediately shot up and came to awake awareness and scanned the outside window for a sign in French praying we were over the French border. And then I saw a sign that said sortie. And I did a kabuki dance because I knew that somehow I had made it into France. So the train arrives to Paris and the train conductor comes to return my crinkled photocopy of my passport. And he said, Miss, you are one lucky soul. (laughs) And I thought, well, he's right there. So I thanked him profusely, got my things, and there we started walking again. We being live, the collection of consciousness from my soul family, that was with me, who had arrived in a form of divine intervention to help me heal from some cataclysmic past lifetime trauma. And Liv was there guiding me along my path. Liv was pushing my energy, if you will, in the direction it wanted me to go. I'm going to remind you again and again and again that I had free will, that this was light energy. This was energy that I knew that was here in my, in highest service to my highest and greatest good. And I had agreed to this. And as we were going through this process, I was surrendering more and more because even though I was second guessing it at every step of the way, wondering if I was going crazy, wondering, if any of this that was happening to me was truly real, and then going back to my inner knowing, knowing from deep in my bones that I had agreed to this on a soul level, and this was exactly how my path was meant to unfold. And if I didn't allow this process to occur, I was going on to something very painful and tragic in my current lifetime. So I was in the process of correcting my path to one that was going to save my life, enable me to heal, and enable me to evolve to something much higher. So we started walking towards the flat I had rented in Paris. And I didn't have GPS. All I had was live guiding my energy. And I had a backpack and a heavy suitcase and we started walking and we started walking and walking and walking. And I had an appointed time where I was to meet the landlord to receive the keys to the flat. And as we were walking, I didn't know where we were. I didn't know where Liv was guiding me to. But I sensed that it wasn't in the direction of this flat that was on the Rue de Bretagne. I'll never forget the name of that street. And so at a certain point, the appointed time to meet the woman approached. And at this point, I was getting very anxious and nervous. I thought, if I'm not there, if I don't get the key, I won't have a place to stay. And Liv just kept guiding my energy and it, they just kept telling me to walk, walk, It all will be well, all is okay. Well, finally, my phone rang and it was the landlord and she asked me where I was and I told her and she said, oh, you are far away. <laughs> so she guided me how to take the metro to the proper metro stop and she said she would pick me up in her car at the proper metro stop. So I said, yes, I got it. I'll be there. And at this point, Liv was guiding me away from the metro and up this street and down this street. And I could tell that Liv was doing it on purpose to agitate me. Liv was trying to get me agitated. And let me tell you, it was working. I felt so bad for this poor woman who was waiting for me. Finally, we got into the metro Finally, we got out of the metro, but it was again, it was more walking up and down the wrong streets and I didn't really know the right way to go, but I knew I was going the wrong way and I just wanted to pull out a map, but Liv was, I didn't have a map and I didn't have a smartphone, so there was nothing I could do but surrender to where Liv was guiding me to go. And you may be wondering, why was I so surrendered? Why was I listening to this voice? Why didn't I just go into a coffee shop and ask for directions from someone? And I'll just say again, it was this ping-ponging back and forth of my human self that didn't really know what was going to happen next or why this was happening or who Liv was and was second-guessing everything and was consistently threatening live, live that I was going to ask them to leave and regain my full free will and stop this healing process I was in or whatever it was. And then I would go back to my inner knowing and know that as crazy as this all seemed or unlikely or irrational or choose your words, I had indeed agreed to this on a soul level and this discomfort I was in was serving me and enabling me to heal. In addition to that, I was exhausted. I was getting to severe states of exhaustion. And when you are exhausted, your willpower to resist is down. So I know this was by design of live to enable me to surrender because what they're about to guide me to gets much more challenging to surrender to. Well, finally, we made it to this poor woman who was waiting for me in her car and she drove me to the flat. We arrived, and the flat was about three floors up the stairs. We got there, and my nervous system turned to ice when I walked in, because I knew I had been to that flat before. Everything looked and felt so familiar. Even though I had never been to that flat, in this lifetime. And at this point, I was starting to realize and I was starting to understand that this was indeed a past lifetime memory that was getting triggered. So I got the keys, thanked the woman, settled in. And this is where the story starts to get particularly dark. This is where time gets funny, clock time gets funny. I settle in to the flat that just has my fear responses on high. Everything about the flat scares me, makes me feel fearful, and it looks very familiar at the same time. And that's when Liv guides me to start walking. And we start, this is when we start walking all day and we start walking all night and during these walks live starts to produce memories for me images of a past lifetime one past lifetime in particular of real past lifetime trauma trauma that i never knew a person could experience it was so bad and this lifetime didn't take place on planet earth it took place on another Earth like planet with humans, humanoid DNA on the planet. But it was more advanced. It was a dark planet. It was going through a particularly dark time in its evolution, but it was also advanced. So when you combine advanced technology with dark energy and dark intentions, it gets pretty brutal and awful. And I was a resistance leader. I was resisting this this totalitarian authority that had control of all aspects and all elements of society. It was very much similar to the book 1984. And to this day, I believe that George Orwell also lived on this planet during this time. And he either consciously or subconsciously channeled the book from this past lifetime experience. That is my belief. And I get a yes that from source that that is the case. So. Liv started producing these images of. Of trauma that went beyond. I went beyond. I'm checking in with Source now and I'm getting there's no sense in going into the details of what I experienced in this lifetime. But please know it was beyond anything I could imagine a human being could go through in a lifetime. It was hard for me to imagine as I was walking the streets of Paris in my current lifetime that I had experienced that type of trauma. But then I tapped into this inner knowing, into my body, my human body, my physical body was remembering these past lifetimes, even though my brain didn't consciously remember them. And I knew I had, I had experienced it. I indeed had experienced this level of trauma. And some of the things that occurred in my current lifetime were all starting to make more sense. And so Liv would walk me to an area of town and it would trigger a memory, a sound, a smell. Everything that I would, I would see on the streets of Paris would jog a memory inside of me. It would jog a very painful fear response, a painful emotion. And Liv was having me feel those emotions. Experience those emotions, so I could release them. That was the main point of this exercise: was me being able to release the trauma that was trapped inside me. There is so much to this story that I'm not sharing in these podcast episodes because it's just too much to share. So there's a lot that happened in Paris. There's a lot that. Live downloaded for me. There's a lot that I received during this time. And likely what I'll end up doing is writing a book to really bring it all, to really share it all because it is rich and amazing and extraordinary. What was downloaded to me during this time, but it's just literally too much to share with you right now. And I'm mentioning that because it was during this time in Paris where I was just walking the streets all day, all night, where I was both having trauma that was trapped inside of me triggered so I could feel it and release it, but Liv was also downloading to me visions visions of the future for planet Earth, visions of Earth with higher consciousness, visions of what we want to grow to, Uh, visions of an Earth where everybody thrives, visions of a new Earth where we're all living in a more loving and connecting and evolved way of consciousness. So all this was happening as I walked all day and all night. And at a certain point, my body started to give out on me. At a certain point, I stopped eating. And at a certain point, I stopped drinking. This is where time gets a little nonlinear. And the story gets darker. was the last night I remember walking the streets at night. It was three o'clock in the morning. And I was really at the end of my ropes. I didn't want to walk anymore. I was exhausted. I had lost the... the... Hunger. I wasn't hungry. I wasn't thirsty. All I wanted to do was sleep and live wasn't allowing me to. When I would get too tired, uh, live would have me take a bath to wake up. And when I would say live, I'm at the end of my ropes. I can't do this anymore. I want you to leave. Live would ask me to go back to my inner knowing, go back to my higher self. What does my higher self say? And my higher self would say, this is part of your path. This is what you signed up for in order to heal. So it was the last night in the middle of the night walking the streets of Paris, and I I get lost again, and I'm just so exhausted and so angry and so confused. I remember seeing two girls walking, and they came to me and said, are you okay? And I wanted to fall in their arms and say, no, I'm not. Please just give me a hug. Because at this time, I was also very lonely. I I was had been around all this amazing non-physical consciousness, but I really just wanted to be around humans. I wanted a hug. I wanted to tell somebody what I was going through. I wanted somebody, anybody to understand and say, yes, Allison, I get it. I hear you. I understand this. Let me let me explain to you what you've just experienced. So these loving two girls pointed me back to the way, direction of my flat, and I started walking towards it. And this is when I realized that my body was literally giving out. I was having a hard time walking. The life force inside of me was on empty. So I got to the flat, and I realized I didn't think I could make it up the three flights of stairs. So I started crawling. Somehow I made it to my floor landing, and I was sitting on the stairwell, the middle of the night, in the dark, with my life force completely gone. Wondering how I could make it inside the flat, and this is when Liv told me that that I wasn't alone. I was part of the top one hundred of one hundred leaders and light workers here to lead planet Earth to a higher consciousness. And on the other side of my neighbor's door, in the other flat across. The hallway from the flat I was staying in was Wayne Dyer, the late Wayne Dyer, and Eckhart Tolle, and I was in an altered state of exhaustion, and I was ready to believe everything Liv was telling me at that point. I was almost in a completely surrendered state. I was too tired to resist Liv and say well that can't be possible and so many times Liv had demonstrated to me during our time together that they were real and that they were what they were guiding me to was real and so at this point in the story I was quite surrendered to what they were telling me and they told me to bang on the door and I was so yearning and longing for a human connection and companionship and someone who understood what i was going through that i could just talk to and they could put it all into context and they could tell me yes this is real and yes we're here for you let let us just give you a hug so you can cry on our shoulder i banged on the door but there was no answer i banged again and there was no answer So at this point, I said, Liv, there's no one in there. And I was so frustrated. And Liv said, turn around, go to your flat, and go to bed. So at this point, I couldn't walk anymore. So I crawled. I crawled to my flat. Somehow got inside. I crawled into my bed. And I was so frustrated and so lonely and I had so many emotions pent up inside of me, ready to get out that in that moment I let out a howl. I howled from deep inside of me, a sound I did not know I was capable of producing. It reverberated through the room. I think it probably could have been heard from miles away release. It was a release like I had never released before. And when I was done howling, I knew I was about to die. The life force was going out of me. My pilot light was out. And I felt myself... crossing over. I was very aware of my five senses. I remember it getting very quiet and there being no sound because I was on a very busy street. There, Underneath me on the ground floor was a very loud bar and all of a sudden it was silence and I felt my energy body rising up outside of my f- physical body I was untethering from my physical body and I didn't want to look back at it. And all I could feel was unconditional love and wisdom and all knowing. I felt an enlightenment, a God consciousness. I don't I can't put it into words. It reminds me of the quote by Lao Tzu. Any words used will fundamentally add error to the true meaning of being. And the true meaning of this experience. So I'm doing the best I can to bring it to life for you. But it was... I I knew that I was surrounded by so much consciousness, God consciousness. Very, very, very high vibrational God consciousness was present with me to support me in this crossover I was doing. I had so... I I was uh, in a... (laughs) I was in a warm embrace by source, and it felt like to me how I experienced it. It was like source at the highest levels, and I know that source doesn't have levels, but it it felt like there was beyond divine consciousness present. And I thought of my parents, to be honest. I was in this amazing words cannot describe state of being but i knew that it wasn't my time to die and i i didn't want my parents to have a a child with a completely unexplained death it would have just been inexplicable and i also knew that There was no way that Liv had arrived and gone through all this healing if it was truly just my time to die. I knew I had to go back and I truly believed them and I believe now that I had a big soul mission unfulfilled that I had to go back and fulfill. So at a certain point, I said, it's time. I'm ready to go back. I need to fulfill my soul mission. It's too powerful. It's too strong. I can't. And my lifetime is Allison now. And a piece of me didn't want to go back to my body, but I knew I had to. So I remember coming back down into my body and being tethered back into my body again. And this is when Fear started to kick in, oddly enough. When I crossed over, there was no fear. But now I was back in my body and I knew the only thing that was left was me to fall asleep. That's all I needed was sleep. I didn't need medicine. I didn't need, sooner or later, I was going to need some water and eventually some food. But at that moment in time, the only thing I needed to do was just fall asleep and I was afraid. I was scared to fall asleep. Because I feared never waking up. I feared that my pilot light, the life force, was just too depleted. And that I would just fall asleep and somehow die in my sleep. But at a certain point, I just... the It, I, I, it didn't even feel like falling asleep. It just felt like my consciousness just shut off. And... I remember then my consciousness like turning back on it it didn't it feel I was so tired it didn't even feel like asleep. i'm not even sure like what it was. it was just consciousness out, consciousness back on, and I was turned back on abruptly from the sound of a pounding on the door to my flat and again, I couldn't walk at this point, and I was in a very altered state of reality because of this severe, severe fatigue, but I was able to crawl to the door and open it, and there standing over me were about four French police officers. And this, my dear ones, ends part two of the story of my near-death experience. I'll be back with you next week for part three to conclude our story. And I really want to say here that this is our story. I'm telling this in service to you because you need something from it. If you're here and connecting, you need something, an insight, an awareness, a healing for your own experience. This story is for you, so I invite you to receive, receive, receive what you need to receive from it, because from my heart, this story is for you, your insight, your healing, your soul path, your growth, your evolution. And until next time, my dear ones, may your soul guide the way. ready to fill your business with soul clients in the next 60 days then download my free energy upgrade meditation to amp up your energy frequency dissolve the doubt and attract the soul clients you are destined to serve find the link to download on my website alisonscammel.com as well as in the show notes